keep coming and they don't stop coming so the UFC went to London and then the UFC broke my heart last weekend I know I skipped last week so I'm just gonna skim over this London card really really quickly Jafel Filio fought this Daniel Perez a really good debut from this guy I think guys who lose to Muhammad Mokayev are like are over over 500 in their their fights afterwards who knows what that says about that guy. But that's how we know him. He's the most recent guy to get, you know, climbed all over and choked out by Mokayev. He got knocked down twice by this uh, Berez guy in the first two minutes of the fight. And just got up and kept swinging anyway. Uh, stayed in his face, kept the strikes varied, and just hit a very nasty double leg on the guy as he was backing away. Shredded through the guard and got a nasty, nasty arm triangle. That was fun. This British ref just completely ignored a massive headbutt that led to Mark Diacasey getting knocked down and subbed. Very funny. This this guy with a mullet who I'd never seen before uh, put the bricks on Danny Roberts. Fun little scrap. Uh, the British judges somehow got a split decision against a British fighter, and I thought Davy Grant won that fight. It's a minor robbery. Just because, like, he had blood on his face doesn't really mean... Like, both guys couldn't get their offense going, but Grant was consistently outstriking him. He was landing more shots. Why does, why does it matter? Like, who cares about damage when... Those are... Who cares about... Uh, who cares about damage when it's, like, essentially equal and he's hitting the other guy in the head more? David Grant never got stumbled or anything. It just the blood was kind of a bad look. Um, Laurel Murphy looked good, and Joshua Kulabau was a good out. He had a really solid outing on the ground, and he just did like Laurel Murphy stuff on the feet, jabs, kicks, etc., etc. Essentially, as long as piss isn't running down your leg when the fight goes to the ground, you're at a competitive advantage in the UFC. And he, he kind of tooled Kulabau on the ground, so good for him. Loki, Paul Craig striking and grappling did not look much better at 185, but oh my god, did he just walk Andre Muniz to the ground on those takedowns both times? Just cut the body lock and just essentially walked right through him. Which, like I said, if you're gonna be a weight bully, like take advantage of it. And this, if you can do that to a guy like Nasruddin Mavov or something. With the way UFC books these divisions, it's essentially licensed for just jumping straight into the top 10 with how bad 185 is. But I'd like to see him pack on even more muscle for the continued weight bully vibes. I think it would be really fun. He's getting a little... I think Paul Craig's getting a little up there. I don't know if he can... I don't know if he's, like the, if he's limber enough to pull off some of the grappling he used to do at light heavyweight. So... No more stinky kickboxing for you, Paul Craig. It's banned. It's banned. Nathaniel Wood and Andre Feely had pretty much the, the fight of the night. Wood looked really sharp on the feet. Got an impressive knockdown. Got knocked down in the next fight, but got himself out of a tricky situation on the ground. 
and took Andre Felix back in turn, and we just kind of outvolued him in the third round, just hit him more. They were both kind of hesitant because they both got knocked down, but really, really fun fight, really, really interesting. And yeah, just kind of hit him more than he got hit. And that's enough to get that uh, gift card from the British judges. Speaking of gift cards from the UFC, Molly McCann. Looks like (laughs) I was literally just talking last episode about how, hey, this is the right thing to do for her. You should match her up with these random girls. And looks like she's going back to hide in Dave Portnoy's basement until the next London card. Because this this last girl, she did lose to Chelsea Chandler. But it was a like 140 catch weight. And yeah, she looked huge in there against Molly McCann. She looked way bigger than her. Essentially just doing, just bullying her with like her size and her reach. And then she took McCann down. Rolled with it and just picked an armbar on her. McCann almost essentially rolled right into the armbar, pretty much. Zero grappling, really, really bad, really, really rough. They're gonna have to find like worse girls for Molly and McCann to fight, I guess. She looked okay on the feet, but that girl is just longer than her and she was baffled. But Saving Grace, there was actually a good fighter on this card. There are like three heavyweights in all of UFC that can throw a 1-2. And John Jones is not one of those heavyweights. There really might only be like two heavyweights in the UFC that throw 1-2s. And yeah, John Jones, not that guy. Hell of a return from Tom Aspinall. I kind of expected him to melt Martian Tybura. But yeah, Martian Tybura sucks. You know what I mean? He... he Anything less than that performance would have been very, very unexpected by me. He didn't even get hit by a single shot. I think Tybura hit him with like one jab to the body, but didn't get hit. Hit the other guy a lot. Really, really good. Good looking stuff. Hopefully they just, hopefully he just gets first shot on the title. They're going to make him fight like Pavlovich or somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Aspinall's too good to fight Sergei Pavlovich. He should just be fighting John Jones. But listen, John Jones fighting the corpse of Stipe. That makes a big gate at the garden, I guess. Ugh, I did not break down that card quickly. But there's UFC 291 on Saturday. And before I get to that, I will just say I'm not even close to a boxing guy. But sometimes you just got to give a great credit. Sometimes you see something and you just know you're witnessing a very, very special moment. And Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. was one of those moments for me. Incredible, incredible boxing. And once again, like I don't even appreciate boxing like that. But Spence started that fight strong. He was pressuring with the jab, trying to bank rounds. And Crawford knocked him down with like half a minute left in round two. It was like a 2-1 combo. It was like a straight and then a jab. And the rest of the fight was like a horror movie. He's just chasing them down. And Crawford styled on this guy in ways that I, I really cannot imagine. And Spence is a tough, tough, tough dude. But from around the fourth round onward, he was just absorbing endless punishment from Bud. The jab was a laser. 
Crawford uppercuts his body into the head with a bomb every single time. I, I think he might have missed, like, one uppercut in the entire fight, which is ridiculous. And that's, like, his footwork, his head movement. Spence was barely touching him at some points. And his defense, Spence's defense and his chin did impress me, even as he was decisively losing. But at a certain point, it's it's just elementary the the counter hooks as as Spence tried to close the distance were also big for Crawford, and in the ninth round, he hit him with two counter hooks coming in. They went unresponded to, and Terrence just dived in looking for blood, and the ref stopped the the fight on the feet. Which good, <laughs> he's getting his ass kicked. Uh, Terrence Crawford, first undisputed welterweight champ in the four belt era. I don't know what that means. For boxing at all, but he looked like a four belt man last weekend. That was a beautiful, beautiful fight. Good for him. Uh, UFC 291. A bunch of stuff that I skipped through, and then a couple of interesting fights. It was in Salt Lake City. It was at Elevation, the last Salt Lake City pay per view. It was uh, August of last year. The one, uh, you know. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Because that was the big Leon Edwards head kick fight. Also the big fight where Leon Edwards gassed out because it was at elevation. And Salt Lake City curse didn't get a lot of guys, but in some guys it was pretty, pretty evident. Really the first fight, I just want to get this out of the way, Derek Lewis earned himself like 17 more main events on fight night cards. Because of that knockout. I thought this was going to be like a wash a wash off. Who can be more washed? But if if the UFC does re-sign Derek Lewis, that is a... I'm not going to lie, it's a highlight of real performance. It was, it was pretty pretty good. Mosfidal them. Just bell rang, ran out, hit him with a flying knee, and finished him on the ground. It was a pretty creative little, little win. I don't ever mean to imply that Marcos Rogerio de Lima is good or a good win. But it was a very, very impressive win. He went full meme, took off his pants, did the whole routine with Joe Rogan. It was very, very fun. Honestly, he should just quit and go to PFL instead and fight Francis there, where he will get his apropos truckload of money. That'd be fun. That would be, you know, instead of like Anton Delia or whoever, a legitimate heavyweight first and then... You can start Francis off on like the Tyson-esque cavalcade of just guys that he's going to knock their heads through the floor. You know what? I have it in, in the opposite order in my notes, but let's go to this one first because it was also really depressing. Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. I didn't even rewatch this one for the podcast because of how depressing it was. Uh, Tony Ferguson got his once per fight courtesy drop on Bobby Green Hit him while he was off balance, knocked him, knocked him to the ground, and then the rest of his performance was just dismal. You know, I watched Tony Ferguson spend an entire round trying to chase a triangle and felt nothing. I felt nothing. So so sad. Honestly, and that's well. Besides the knockdown, he didn't do anything. But the finish of the fight really felt like the depressing, depressing capper on Tony's entire MMA career. Bobby Green got on him. He he 
got like the back clinch or was trying to get the back clinch and and Tony just he it was the shittiest roll I've ever seen in my life tried to roll just kind of flopped to the ground Bobby Green belly flopped on top of him and put him to sleep with an arm triangle put him to sleep bummer what a bummer oh my god I mean I'm glad Bobby Green got a win because Bobby Green's a dog but what a bummer. However, a fight that was not a bummer. Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. That's our boy. That's our boy. Oh, our ranked, ranked boy. He was longer, stronger, better than Michael Chiesa in essentially every way. He was feeding Chiesa uppercuts from essentially across the octagon because of how long his reach was. At one point, he countered a level change from Chiesa by just shoving him to the mat, which was incredible. He was barely got hit by anything Chiesa threw at him. His takedown defense looked really, really good. And once again, I have said it before, I'll say it a thousand times, the, the, the Kevin Holland no wrestling meme is just that. It's just a meme. He was a jujitsu black belt when he lost to those guys at middleweight. Yeah, he got taken down by Hamzat, but everybody gets taken down by Hamzat. He's much better than you would think. So, countered some pretty deep takedown attempts. Looked really, really good doing it. Kiesa could, couldn't, couldn't get this man to the ground with a magnet. If you, uh, is that an expression? Maybe I made it up. It's my expression now. And Kevin Holland, after uh, stuffing another takedown, just hit Kiesa, just donked him with a big knee straight up the middle, and Kiesa immediately flattened out. He immediately chased the worst double leg I've ever seen, and Kevin Holland darsed him. It was beautiful, beautiful stuff. Incredible performance by Kevin Holland. And there, have, somebody posted the stats. There have been like 30-something darst jokes in UFC history, and Michael Chiesa, yeah, has like statistically been victim to almost 10% of all darst jokes in the UFC. Silly, 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 silly. The curse of the Salt Lake City curse struck very definitively in the co-main event because Jan Blakovitz basically tired himself out from spending a round on Alex Pereira's back. Almost got the finish at one point with the rear naked choke, but when the fight started, when the fight started again on the feet, he just was gasping for air. However, I will say Jan's dick is so massive that he was completely cast out and still trading left hooks with the best left hooker in maybe all of combat sports, and was just being like, not even like really reacting, just like, give me another one. Uh, Pereira, and that was the other thing, like I kind of saw Jan one, but rewatching it, Pereira did definitely land enough firepower in round two to carry that one. And then round three was also pretty clearly a Pereira round. He, Pereira looked really, really good on the feet. He looked massive, obviously. Great leg kick, great body jab, easy fundamental stuff that like you can bank it just to bank it or draw out a counter on it, which Jan wasn't biting on stuff like that. But, you know, if he fought somebody worse than Jan Blakovic, drawing out a counter on like the, the body jab would be incredibly, incredibly easy. Uh, not... A fun fight, but an interesting fight. A really, really interesting fight. 
Speaking of a heartbreaking fight, as the world's biggest Dustin Poirier nut hugger, I I gotta give it to Justin Gaethje. It was for the BMF championship, so yes, it it's essentially like a Play-Doh, it's like a plastic party favor title belt, but it was a very, very BMF knockout. And both guys actually learned a lot from their last fight. Dustin picked up a lot of new stuff. He was throwing body kicks, which I thought were really, really good. Uh, but Justin also learned all of the right lessons from the last fight. Wasn't chasing the leg kick like he was earlier. He's more defensively responsible. He dabbled in using that pretty, pretty jab from the Vaziv fight a little bit. And also used his hand fighting to kind of paw at Poirier's jab and neutralize the impact of the jab a little bit. Because Poirier was giving him giving him the work with that jab in their first fight. And he essentially spent the entirety of the fight scouting the head kick that finished Poirier. Poirier got him a few times, especially with the straight left. Straight left was his best punch. But at the beginning of the second round, Gaethje threw the right and the straight right and the head kick behind it. And Dustin slipped the straight right, but he just couldn't get his hand up in time. And it absolutely flattened him out. And Dustin has beautiful defense. He was using his split guard and he was using his shoulder roll so that a lot of the punches weren't connecting. Gaethje was also hitting off the counter a lot, which was hitting off the counter kind of enabled him to slip through what Poirier's like tools that he uses for defensive boxing better. But a lot of the stuff he threw was still bouncing off of that split guard and bouncing off of the shoulder and the head movement and stuff. But... He just he slipped the straight right perfectly and just could not get that hand up in time to, to complete the guard. Got absolutely laid out. And Justin Gaethje does indeed win the Party City Championship. Ugh, bummer. Bummer, bummer, bummer. But hey, the fights were all right. There are going to be some fights this weekend. I'm actually calling the mulligan now in advance. I know I do this all the time, but... I'm going to be out and about next week, so I definitely won't be able to record anything. I'll be out in the world, and then I'll probably come back reviewing, because Sanhagen versus Font will be a banger, fingers crossed. And then I don't know what the fight is the weekend after that, but I'll I'll, I'll bank both of those at the same time. I'm recording this late Friday night. Uh, Chingiz Algov, really, really good performance against uh, Marak Gregorian. Kept him on the pressure. Tom and Chai broke a guy's arm with a body kick. The guy tried to block the kick and it broke his arm. That was brutal. Uh, John Lineker got like a TKO with four seconds left in his fight. Yeah, there were some good fights. There were some good fights. But uh, bad UFC cards, bane of my existence. And I'll be back next week to talk about, or two weeks from now to talk about more of them. This has been the MMA Frequency. We love a UFC heavyweight that knows how to throw a jab and then a straight in succession one after the other. And I gotta say, goodbye.